Gardening on ABC Radio Perth and WA. This is Roots and Shoots, ABC Radio Perth's gardening podcast with new episodes twice a week. I'm Michael Tetlow. It's the gardening show for green thumbs and aspiring horticulturalists alike and the wonderful Sabrina Hahn is here to answer all of your curly questions. Hi, Sab. Well, hello there, Mr well, Tetz. Hello. How are you? You've had a good week? Uh, no, it's been hell, really, because I've, oh. I've had to be outside. So, um... But you're looking fresh. You've got a lovely frock on. You're looking like you've been... Frocked just, up. You look like you've just been swanning about outside. Not, well, a, not a bead of sweat on your brow, Sabrina. Not a bit. No, but I, I like to get out very early in the morning mm. and then uh, just come into the air conditioning. Yes. That's, but it's like walking out into a furnace. It is. And I, it so really I, is. I have to get up early in the morning and water all the pots and the ones that are... Ailing and see how many things died. Yeah. I had another, I had a, a hakea die, and I'm so angry because it's a beautiful hakea. Mm. Seemed to be doing well, just just in the heat. Yep. Yeah. Any, anything else come a cropper in your garden? All the baronias, they're all dead mm, now. Uh, but that's what's going to happen. This is this is this is nature, Ted. It is. This is right. We cannot control it. Yes. Now, the other thing that's nature, that's that's natural, mm. is a click beetle. Yeah. So, I had a um a, a little kitty ring up, and he said, "We we had these beetles, and they and they can jump in the air." And I said, "Do they make a funny little click noise?" Mm. He said. Yeah, and they just flick up in the air. <laughs> I said, oh, they're special circus beetles. Right, yes, of they're course they are. They're trained especially. Yeah. Um, so obviously there's flick beetles around somewhere, and I haven't seen them since I was a kid. Right. Everyone will know them. Now what do you call it, flick beetles or click beetles? Uh, click or flick. Okay, because right. Because what they do is they click and flick. Right. <laughs> they're a double-edged sword. So how they, what happens is... It's a it's a survival mechanism. Mm. So when a beetle is on its back, it's highly vulnerable mm-hmm. and it's hard for them to roll over. So the click flick beetle has when it's on its back, it has this little peg like structure in its in its abdomen and it it puts it on it sort of spring loads itself. Mm-hmm. So it puts this little peg on a little anchor so there's tension there and then because it's curled up on its back, when it pushes itself back, it actually propels, it it flicks it and propels it into the air. Right. But it makes this click noise as it does it. And um, like all beetles, they've got two pairs of wings, so they've got a hardened mm. outer wing and then the and the proper wings underneath, three pairs of legs, and they're a beetle, so they have a... A, a chewing mouth part, mm. um, and the click beetles are actually quite small. They're like between four and six millimetres long, and they're sort of a dull brown colour. But you can distinctly hear the click, and yeah. and they're heaps of fun. As a kid, we used to just collect them. We collect them in matchboxes and then set them free and then watch them, put them on their back, and then they'd all click. So where have they been all this time then? They're usually found under leaf, litter, mm. um, wood, so they, they hide mm. under usually under leaf litter. But you reckon you haven't seen them for a long time Not since you were a kid? Not yeah. for ages, but they come out at night. Right. So they're attracted to light and they feed at night. So most beetles will eat 
other other things, <laughs> other other beetles, yes, um, and all sorts of other insects. So if you go out at night time with a little head torch and just lift up a bit of leaf litter or mm. or mulch or something. You might see them and then you'll see all their circus tricks. <laughs> yes, they're very clever things. I'd like to make a little trapeze. I reckon, yeah, that'd be the way to go. Mm. Wouldn't it? I reckon you'd make a few bucks. You had a little <laughs> performing beetle circus down at the local markets. I remember they had a thing about the flea circus. The flea circus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I always wanted a flea circus. Oh, like we all do. Should but we get not fleas. Should... I didn't want fleas. <laughs> Say. Uh, but Jen in Eaton's been in touch. Uh, she says uh, her lime tree is looking a bit sad. The leaves are curled up. Uh, she's confident it's getting enough water. Uh, she sent us through a photo, so let's oh. have a look. Oh, okay. So that's definitely lack of water. Um, now, w- you have to use wetting agents with citrus trees because they have this massive surface root system. So you have to use a wetting agent. I would definitely um, put some compost around it. Water, 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 water. All right. Give that a go, Jen. Uh, That is uh, good advice there. Now, Sabrina, before we get on to more questions, Mm. uh, something came up yesterday Mm. and I heard about a big branch that fell onto someone's car because the heat... Yes. causes the branches to get all brittle and fall yes. off, and this is a thing. It doesn't cause them to be brittle. What it does cause them to do is self-prune. Right. So people think that we lose limbs in winter storms, but in summer, mm. certainly gum trees will self-prune and unfortunately drop dirty great big limbs. Well, this happened to Anne Smith and Smithson, and we've got her on the phone. G'day, Anne. Hello, uh, hello, Michael. Um, can you hear me? I yes. can. Yes. Look, tell us, tell us what happened to your car. Well, I took my wonderful kids to a fantastic uh, birthday party at Glen Forest Train Park, so up in up in the hills in Shire of Mundaring, and I uh, bagged that prime parking spot under a beautiful big black butt tree. <laughs> wasn't I? Wasn't I lucky? <laughs> Weren't you ever? <laughs> oh no! And, uh, and we had a fantastic children's birthday party, and everybody was um, finishing off their cake and thinking about heading home. And we there was this crack, and we looked up, and this fairly huge branch off of this mm. beautiful big old black butt mm. dropped um, and basically pancaked my car oh. um, and, and, and blocked the road and. Um, uh, thoroughly astounded all of our wonderful pre-primary class who were looking on at the <laughs> yeah, time. I bet it did. Um, uh, yeah. Um, it, it, it has to be said that the um, passenger, um, the roof, um, uh, has branch landed on it or pancaked straight down onto the children's car seats and oh obliterated them. So the roof is gone. I would imagine my car is a write-off. I'd say so, um, yeah. uh, Yes. Um, and uh, I am just thanking my lucky stars. That, that you weren't, we no were one not, was in the car. Not in the car or, or on the mm. road or walking around the other cars. Um, so I consider it a really, really, really lucky day. Mm. However, I'm not going to be parking my car under any trees at the moment. No. Yeah. Um, and it's really unfortunate. And the black butt tree was probably quite old. So yes. with, a, with a lot of the old eucalypts, they are, you know, if they're 60, 70 years old, they're used to a higher rainfall. And mm. our rainfall, of course, has dropped 
drastically. So they're under they're under stress anyway. Yeah. And because of this big heat wave we've had, they can't draw water up to the top of the tree. So they'll they'll ditch a limb or two. Um, and the other thing is when they're under stress, they're more susceptible to attack by all sorts of different insects and all sorts of different borer. So if there's something wrong with the limb, like a bit of fungus or they've had um, borer in them, during those heat, stress heat times, they will just drop. So we were always taught when we went camping, never, ever pitch your tent underneath big trees mm. <laughs> uh, for yep. that very reason. Yeah. It sounds fantastic uh, advice because at the moment, uh, end of summer, end of lots of uh, long dry periods and there's a heat wave. I mean, this dropped just into still conditions. There wasn't yeah. a breath of wind, yeah. not yeah. a breath of wind. Yeah. No, it's got nothing to do with wind. It's all to do with tree yeah. stress and yeah. they just have yeah. to dump. They have to get rid of some of those limbs because they can't keep everything going. Jeez. Yeah. Th- thanks so much yeah. for sharing your story with us, Anne, and I'm, I'm very glad it was only the car. Mm. I, I absolutely. My luckiest day ever. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, thanks, Anne. You take care. Um, Sabrina, I mean, it's true. Like, and I've, I've been camping before mm. where there's been a tree nearby, yep. and I've thought to myself, well, I've got no protection here nope. if one of these branches comes falling off. You never, ever pitch your tent yeah. underneath a, a tree. I went camping around Wagga a few weeks ago and we heard what we thought was a gun going off and about 50 metres away, this massive limb just came down off a tree. So, mm. and I tell you what, there's a fair bit of weight in yeah. You know, there's not going to be much left of you or your tent. Yeah, well, it happened at my in-laws' place down in Capel. They had a um, a marry tree just right. dropped a limb right in front of us. And my father-in-law looked at me. It was, was you know, just on the other in the other paddock. But we yeah. saw it happen. And he goes, you know what they call those, don't you? They call those the widowmaker. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, you've got no hope. Oh, there's so much weight in those. Yeah. I mean, it's highly unlikely to, to for that to happen. But... I, w- I wouldn't be I wouldn't be camping yeah. anywhere underneath. Look, um, Sabrina on the text line. Yes. Uh, Jeremy in Parkwood says something's eating his blueberry bush, and he sent yep. a photo through. I know. And the, what what's really lucky for Jeremy is that he can see you can see the actual culprit. Mm. So this is a little leaf miner, which is a type of very tiny caterpillar. So what they do is they eat the chlorophyll from the leaf but on the back side of the leaf. Um, so all you need to do is spray a caterpillar-specific spray that is a bacteria, but you've got to get on the backs of the leaf because that's where the little devils are. Mm. So you can get these spray that have a goose neck hook. Oh, right, so you get underneath. Yeah, yeah. so it goes... Oh, so I've, got, I've got one of those, yes. Yeah. Up up underneath, up, yeah. up, up the wazoo. Up the old. <laughs> <laughs> up the wazoo. Just. That's right. Very good. Okay, give that a whirl, Jeremy. Uh, 0437922720. Actually, let's go to this one. This is an important question from yes. Christy. Yeah. Uh, she is hosting a friend's wedding on their farm oh. in Scott River. That sounds fantastic in mid-October. When should Christy prune her roses for them to flower around the 12th of October? Okay, so you have to go six weeks before Christy. Now, that that 
always depends on weather patterns as well. But usually six weeks before. And the other thing that I'd get, Christy, is you can get a, um, a foliar spray that helps with flowering and fruiting. And I would do that every fortnight from after the, after the pruning every fortnight and you will get gangbuster flowers. So it's a, it's a foliar feed spray that helps your roses grow up into big flowering roses. Right, then that'll be beautiful for the wedding mm. in October. Uh, thanks for getting in touch, Christy. Uh, Tim in Atwell has got a large aloe tree which mm. is going yellow. He's wondering what's going on. Uh, now, with some aloes, that's, <laughs> that's a sign they're about to die. Oh. Um, but it can be. So what everyone's doing now is they're really water, water, watering. Don't forget aloes hold on to their water so they actually will cope with the heat that we're having. having. So maybe it's overwatered or it can be that it's flowered and it's about to die. Okay, well... Uh, Sarah has a question about compost. Hi, Sarah. Yes, I was discussing uh, with the in-law and he said that we shouldn't be putting our um, ash from our fire into our compost. You can put... And I... Yep, go on. Didn't think that was quite true. No, that's not quite true. So you can put small amounts of ash in your compost, Sarah, but you can't... Because you know how it glugs all together... So it's important yeah. that you distribute it equally through the compost and you turn it in with everything else. So so you can put ash in your compost. It's fine, but not a lot oh, of it. So it goes all gluggy. Okay. All right. Fabulous. Okay. So we're both right. Yep. We're, everyone's <laughs> right. <laughs> Good on Sarah. Thanks so much for getting in touch. Uh, Lynn is in Wilson. And, Lynn, you've got a question about your hibiscus. Yes, I planted a couple of um, cottonwood hibiscus here and my daughter planted a couple in her garden out near Midland and they just haven't grown. They've been in for two years and they're just oh. doing nothing. So is that the dark-leafed one? Yes. Yeah. Well, that's extraordinary because those you usually can't stop. Yeah, I've seen some beautiful ones in my, my street, so I don't know yeah. what's going wrong. Um, did were, were they put in with... They do need a lot of water to get them going, even though they're native. They're native to tropical Australia. So We've got a bore, so we get, it gets water. Okay. Uh, might be f- feeding it then. You might need to fertilise it a bit more, Lynn. Hmm. I, I, I thought they were pretty easy to grow. and I say They are. I'm yeah. puzzled. Yeah. Was I got a bad batch from the nursery or what? I don't know. Well, it could be that they were pot-bound and the root system's compromised. You can always dig them up a bit later on in the year. Check the root system. You can prune the top, prune the root system, replant them, and they're, they're basically indestructible. All right, Lynn, give that a go. Uh, let's go now to uh, Richard. He's in Narragin. And, Richard, you've got a garlic problem. Yeah, I do have, man. <laughs> Tell us about it. What's going and, on, Richard? Well, March last year, I planted three cloves of garlic. Mm-hmm. And I, last week, I pulled them out. And they're about the size of a grapefruit. Ah, oh, so they haven't actually bulbed up. Yeah, and no, no. The, and they've the been in for were, nearly a year. Yeah, the stems were... Six foot high with big bulbs on them. But. Oh. 
Um, okay. So um, now usually we plant our bulbs in March, but March is still going to be hot, I reckon. So this year, grow them in, put them in in April. Now you fertilise them when you put them first put them in, but then you, you've got to stop fertilising because you just get lots of green growth but no bulb formation. So, yeah, I, ne- I never fertilised these or watered them. Oh, well, you do have to water them, Richard, otherwise they they really suffer. So like yeah. onions, you have to water them April, May, June, wait for the um, winter rains, then then start watering again in spring and then cut the water off. Yeah, I just grew them in yellow sand. Oh, well, that's why you didn't get anything, Richard, because garlic doesn't like just yellow bricky sand. No. It likes... It likes really good, rich mix to go into when you first put it in. Doesn't like just yellow sand. Uh, you're, you're not a fan of the yellow sand for the garden, Sabrina. We've talked about this fan. before. Yep, not a fan of yellow sand um, at all. All right, Kay in Port Kennedy. Uh, hello, Kay. Uh, tell us about your roses. Hi, Sabrina. Hello, Kay. We have not heard from you for a long time. I know, but I still listen. I still oh, listen. Good and girl. hello to, is it Michael? It is, yes. yes. Hello, Kay. Hello, Michael. Hi. Um, it's about my roses, and I reckon I've lost three. Oh, And no. I reckon it's the palm roots from the house next door that are coming under the fence. Yeah. And I've dug them up, and the roots are wrapped right around the bottom of the tr- of the or, of the of the, rose. uh, of the roses, and yep. they're dying. And they're well, not flowering anymore. No, you will not be able to grow roses near that mongrel palm tree, unfortunately. <sighs> okay. It's a no-go. I've got, there's only one that's near the fence. The rest are quite close towards the house area. Right. But they're just not flowering. No. Did you tell a lady something about colour for flowers that you can put something on? I didn't hear the. I didn't hear what you were saying to a lady. Yeah, there's a foliar spray, meaning that you just put it on the leaves. It's not a. It's not a granular fertilizer. It's a oh, foliar radio. spray. But if you have a look at. My website, Kay, you'll find out exactly what it's called because oh, I can't give okay. you a product name. So I'm not going to have much luck then. No, with, Kay, um, can you dig them up and put them in a pot? I don't like things in pot because they don't grow very good. They get no. too stuck and they get too stuck to the bottom of the floor and you can't get them up and yeah, I, I don't, don't like them in I pots. Don't. Well, try that foliar spray and... Ask if your neighbour will cut down that mongrel palm tree. Oh, they won't because oh. it's a rental property. They oh, won't. They don't, no, they won't. Interested. It's rental and the oh. owners don't. Owners like the garden and they won't knock it down. Oh, no, no. Okay. Well, oh, that's a All shame. All right. Kay. Well, it doesn't look like I'm going to have a lot of luck then. No, I'm afraid not. Oh. Anyway, lovely to hear, Sabrina. You take care and I, I keep will. listening. Good on you, Kay. Thanks yeah, for calling thank in. You. Bye. Great to hear from you. Is the number to call now, Anna? In East Fremantle is look sounds like she's starting from scratch. Hello, Anna. Oh hi. Yeah, my son's bought a property and it's got a completely barren wasteland for a front yard. Right. Um, it's an old property, so it's you know horrible sand. It's in Coolbelup. Yep. And um, bit of cooch and stuff. Um, yep. So he wants me to help design him a new garden, and oh. I want to know about soil improvement. Okay. Um. Do I just do it tactically in each hole where I'm planting something or do I go nuts and get a whole load of mulch, clay, compost, yep. Yep. poo and, you know, trailer loads is going to be 
uh, to fill the whole garden. Is he that. going to be able to give you a hand? Oh, my husband is, and he might be able to, and my other son might be able to help. Okay, cool bananas. Now, number one, kill the cooch. Because it so will... Is that clear plastic? Well, I just, that's the only time I ever recommend glyphosate is because cooch is a mongrel to get rid of. You Mm -hmm. can, you can set a bushfire through it and it'll come back. Like, and you can dig down a metre, it'll come back. Um, So get rid of the cooch and then Mm -hmm. get a rotary hoe, get bags of clay, get trailer loads of, of soil conditioner or landscape mix, Mm -hmm. rotary hoe it in. Lovely. So, but get right. rid of that cooch first because it will just keep coming back. And um, with the cooch, how long do I have to wait after I've nuked it About, before I can So plant? is there a lot of it? Look, it's pretty sparse, but okay. it's the only thing that's surviving in the wasteland. Okay. <laughs> so, Anna, hit it with uh, glyphosate and then wait for three weeks and make sure it's dead, dead. And then mm-hmm. we, four weeks after that, then you can start doing all the soil improvement. Oh, good. Lovely. Yep. All right. Here we come. Okay. Thanks for your help. Mm-hmm. Okay. Really Thanks, Thank Anna. You. Sabrina Cooch. Oh, I've got it in my garden beds at the moment. Oh, have you? Yeah, it's encroached. And I keep saying to my wife, I've got to get rid of it before it keeps getting bigger and bigger. So have you got it in among other things? Not at the moment. Because there is a selective herbicide mm. um, and it only kills cooch grass. Right. So it, uh, it, it only kills grasses. So anything that's a flowering plant, you can spray it mm. on those plants and it only kills the cooch. Yeah, okay. Um, and it's the only one that I know of. Uh, I think it's the only one registered for grasses and it's called Fusilade. So that will knock the cooch off. Um, glyphosate, of course, is non-selective. So you spray that on anything and it kills everything. Mm, mm. But Fusilade is a selective herbicide. Yeah, okay. But it, you cannot dig cooch up. No, kids. no. It just keeps coming back. Yeah. Problem is the cooch is on the rest of the grass. Ah, <laughs> it's on one side of the gar- ah, little garden wall, bed wall. Ah, you're between a rock ah, and a hard no. place there, and my and friend. Somebody back in the 80s planted it. Mm. And there it remains. Yes, and it will always be there forever mm. and ever mm. and ever. Indeed. Unless you come in with a bobcat and take out about a metre. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a lot of hard work. Uh, Nola's in Bunbury. G'day, Nola. Hello, Sab and Tex. How are you? Hello, Good. Nola. Now, Nola sent through I... a photo for us oh, as well. Oh, you've got some lovely indoor plants, Nola. Well, they're my little orchids, the beginning of an orchid um, collection. Collection, mm. And they're outside. I mean, the fowls are inside. But yep. I want something to put in a hanging basket mm-hmm. over the top of them to provide shade or yeah. dappled light. Okay. I'll give you I'm two things. Of, oh, go on. What are yep. you thinking? Oh, well, I was thinking just bloody fishbone fern. Yep. Or wow, that's a, very boring. I know. I know. Well, we can I do better than you. that. Okay. What can we do? Okay. So there's a thing called Cissus elendanica, C-I-S-S-U-S. Yeah. Ellen, as in the girl's name, Ellen. Yes. Danica, D-A-N-I-K-A. 
Yes. And it's got beautiful soft foliage and it grows out and down into a lovely oh. cascading um, sort of a doodad. Then there's exactly yeah, it'll be beautiful. Then there are all the um, the flat leaf um, epiphytic cactus. They're a bit slower oh. to grow. Epi epidendrons. So yeah, you've got, got epidendrons. epidendrons. Okay. Yep. Then the other thing is ripsalis. R h i p s a l i s. Ripsalis. Now, the first one was. Cissus Ellen Danica. Danica. Yeah. Okay. All right. Now, that sounds much more exciting than my ideas. All right. Okay. Thank you so okay. very much. Good on no you, Nola. Worries. Thanks, Nola. They say hello to your birds for us, Nola. Sounds like they're budgies. Yes, it yeah. did sound quite budgie-like. Yes, mm. indeed. Uh, Stephen's in Jandicott. Um, hello, Stephen. Yeah, hi. How are you doing, Hi, Sabrina? good. Tell us about your mango yeah. tree. Yeah, I think I've done everything wrong and I'm, <gasps> I'm pulling my hair out. No. So I received I received a dwarf mango tree um, towards the end of last year, about mid-November. Yeah. I'm not ready to plant it in, 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 the, in the ground just yet, so yep. I, I potted it. Yeah. Uh, when I potted it, I put it in a large pot. Uh, I did soak the... Uh, I, I soaked the roots and so forth and made it nice and wet, put it yeah, in the pot. Yeah. Um, and uh, it seemed to be okay. Um, and then into January, I was away for two weeks. Um, wasn't watered by the person who was in my house those two weeks and oh. started losing leaves. Yeah. Um, at that time, I tried to water it more. I did have new sprouts. Mm -hmm. Then those leaves came on. They since dropped off. Um, then with the really hot weather, now I was getting desperate, so I put it inside so it'd be a little bit cooler. It was a very sunny spot. Yep. But then the small, small leaves, which were the new leaves, which had come on again, they yep. dropped off. And there's a bit of black around there as well, and um, so now I have a denuded stalk, and it's like, can I resurrect it, or what's the story? Okay, so now is it possible for you to take the entire pot and put it in a a larger basin, fill that basin up with water and put yes. the pot in that basin of water where the water is halfway up the pot. Yes, I can. I can okay. do that. I was a bit, yeah, so, yeah, because I was a bit worried. Did I overwater it afterwards, which could cause the roots to um, uh, to be too clogged with water? That would not no, be a problem with this situation. I, I, okay. I don't think that's the, what the problem is at all. It's just heat stress and everything It's just now. heat stress. So right. now what happens is... Once potting mix dries out, it becomes really hydrophobic and it's hard to fill those little air gaps with water because uh, okay. it just runs right. straight through. That's why I want okay. you to soak the pot. Do not right. fertilise it. So uh, okay. we're, we're, we're coming into a bit cooler weather. So yep. I would soak it in a basin in the shade. Then, I'll, then I want you to move, take it out of the basin now that it's completely soaked. Yep. Move it into a spot where it gets dappled light. It has to yep. have some light, so dappled light sure. or just a bit of morning sun because okay. it will need light, otherwise it's probably going to die. All right. Now, okay. it's under stress, so don't prune yep. it, don't fertilise okay. it, just make yep. sure it is nice and moist. Right. Now, I should keep that up all yep. the way through these next couple of months then? Uh, only for the next few weeks and then you can give it a liquid fertilizer, Stephen. Okay. Half yeah. strength. Half strength. Okay. 
Yep. Right, fingers crossed. We'll see what we can do. Yep. Okay. And let me know how you get on, Stephen. Thanks, Stephen, for calling. Uh, let's go to Yasmin in Mandogalup. Now, Yasmin, you're hunting for some good trees to put in. I am. Hi, Sabrina. Hey, Yasmin. Hi. Um, I'm looking for a, I need to choose a tree for my north-facing brand-new uh, courtyard. Yeah. Um, and I'm tossing up between a, um, a Chinese tallow. Yep. Or a um, Natchez. Yep, uh, Lagostromia Natchez. Thank you. Yep. Yep, that one. Now, um, I, yep. need, I need some deciduous. Um, yep. And I'm just concerned that maybe the tallow will have um, issues. Well, all the tallows are really struggling at the moment, Yasmin. So I are would, they? yeah, they're really finding the, the warmer winters because we're not getting cold winters. Right. Um, and they're really struggling in this 40 plus degree heat. So okay. that would not be my choice for for okay. you, but the um, but the crepe myrtle Natchez is a yeah. fabulous choice, and it's you know it's not too big, it's not one of the really huge crepe myrtles. I think that that would look lovely, and that will survive and do much better than the um, Chinese tallow. Is that what you would choose? Yeah, I've got one in my garden, and mm-hmm. it's beautiful. Yeah. Okay, I think great. I think I they're think they're made. tougher than the uh, ornamental pears as well. Thanks, Yasmin, for calling up. Uh, Jono in Boyup Brook's been waiting patiently, and Jono, you've got a question about your apple tree. G'day, mate. How are we going? Good. What's going um, on with your Sabrina. apples? Yes. Um, well, it, I think it might be too shaded out, but last year it had. Oh, like 10 or so, I think it's a pink lady, had yeah. 10 or so fruit on there. Yeah. And they got about marble size and then they seem to go like a bit rotten in the middle oh. and just drop off. And okay. they've done the same this year. I was just wondering if you could point me in the right direction. Have heaps you... of water, yeah. heaps of fertiliser. Jono, have you got more than one apple? No. Ah. So your apple tree, unless it's a double graft, is it a double grafted one? I've got no idea. Okay. Um, well, you would notice because the one side would look different to the other. Um, but what's happening there, Jono, is you need to give that apple tree a bit of love. Need a little bit of love. Wants a partner, Jono. So you're not you getting sure? proper pollination. Yep. Yeah, okay. Yep. So um, apple trees, sex crazy, Jono, sex crazy. They like to have someone to flirt with and little bees to go from flower to flower so you get proper development of the fruit. God, they're such floozies. Oh, you wouldn't believe it. They're, you know, the garden's just filthy, <laughs> filthy. Um, so, Jono, uh, if you can take an apple into a nursery and say, this is my apple and I need a pollinating partner, they will give you the right type of apple to give it the love that it needs. Legendary. Thank you very much. Okay, okay no worries. Good on you, Jono. Thanks for calling up. Jenny's in too, Jay. Hi, Jenny. Oh, hello, Sabrina. Good afternoon. Um, Sabrina, I've spoken to you before about our property. We're having water issues, but we're planning ahead and looking at sinking a bore, and that's underway slowly. Yeah. But we're looking towards pistachio nut trees. Yes. If, can you give me any recommendations? And it's very, we've got clay soil and the right on the top of a hill in Dumbarton yep. with a big east lead, but I can protect them on the other side of the property. 
Can you give me some advice as to yep. whether that's a good option? Now, there was a pistachio, big pistachio farm somewhere yeah, no near. no longer. Yeah, I know. Yeah, now, I don't know. Moved. I don't know what happened to it. If they, it's mm. just because they moved or, but look, pistachios. I think would... have taken it over. Ah, down south somewhere. okay. Yeah, All somewhere right. around Collie or somewhere. So okay. we can get in touch. But before I start putting out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, as I'm planning ahead. Yeah, good girl. Um, now, pistachios do very well. Um, right. Because 2J gets cold, which is what they need. They need the heat and the and the cold. They don't mind yes. the clay soil. Um, okay. Uh, now, what I would suggest you do is you get in contact with DPIRD or the what used to be the Ag Department because yep. growing them commercially um, mm-hmm. is a bit different to having a few. So you need, you, you're going to need one male to eight females. Um, yes. So you've got to make sure that you, and there's also a really good commercial pistachio or nut tree, commercial nut tree growers association around Australia. Oh. And okay. they would give you fantastic information. Okay. And how long do they take to actually, I mean, are we, oh, will I see a long nuts time. in my lifetime? Yeah, 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 about between six oh and eight God. years. Yeah. Oh, no, I might be still here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Let's hope so. Yeah, me too. Um, but All I right. would get on the Commercial Nut Growers Association of Australia because I think that would be yeah. a really great, yep, okay. a great Commercial resource for you. Australia. Write that yep. down. Thank you yep. very much. Okay, Terrific. thanks, Jenny. Thank thanks so much, Jenny. In 2J. This is ABC Radio Perth. It's coming up to three o'clock. We've probably got time for one more question, yeah. Sabrina. Radio. Um, let's go to Martin's been waiting for a while. Martin, hello there. Yes, I am. G'day, Martin. Now, you've got an issue with your horseradish hello. leaves. Hello, Martin. Tell us about your horseradish leaves. Yeah. Are you there? Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. we can hear you. Okay. I've been growing horseradish for a number of years. Yeah. And um, this year, uh, well, the past year, sometimes the moth gets into the leaves and gives it a bit of buggery. But um, this year, the leaves are just going white. I suspect it could be some sort of mite. That's it getting is. Into the, leaves. the mites, ah. the mites, because of the heat, Martin, the mites have been horrendous this year. They're just attacking everything. So you can either get predatory mites. Or you can, when the weather's cooled down a little bit, you can uh, use wettable sulphur. Thanks for listening. You can join us live on Tuesdays from 2.30pm. Head to abc.net.au slash Perth or listen to ABC Perth on DAB or 7.20am. Text your questions in on 0437 922 720. Or better still, call us in the studio, 1300 222 720. Roots and Shoots will be back on the weekend to answer more of your gardening questions. Don't forget to give us a five-star rating on your favourite podcast player. And share the episode with all your friends. ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more.